Welcome to the SRUC podcast. Today we're going to talk about a really exciting and fairly major project that we have underway. It's called Greenshed, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Caroline Duthie, who's head of SRUC's Beef and Sheep Research Centre, and John Farker, who is a senior consultant with SAC Consultant. That's SRUC's consultant arm. Caroline, John, welcome to the podcast. Um, I think I'm going to start with you, John. Can you take me through what Greenshed is? Okay, yeah. Um, it's People may or may not have heard about it in the press, but it's essentially a system to help capture um, the methane emissions from cattle, uh, livestock production. Um, so the concept is, is for the later stages or the stages of uh, livestock production where the animals are inside anyway. You kind of need to stress that this is only kind of not encouraging the animals to, to be bought inside, it's when they're inside anyway, in uh, general livestock sheds. When we have that, we have the opportunity there partially covered, but the idea is to enclose the shed as much as we can um, with kind of basically glorified gale breaker, that people would ventilate a gale breaker systems. And once we, it's kind of enclosed, um, it won't be visually goes, it's very opaque material, but it'd be like being in a shed with gale breaker on the side. Um, we have the opportunity to contain the methane. Um, and that's the, the, the trick here is when they're out in the fields or if the shed is open, the methane is just going to leach out through the sides, the ridge, and uh, as it should. So we're kind of enclosing the building. Um, and then it is designed, I should stress, to, to be retrofitted to uh, any kind of a wide range of livestock sheds. Um, you don't need to build a new shed for this. Um, and once it's enclosed, we then will control the conditions within the shed. So we basically, uh, we're not using anything hugely novel. It's just taking systems that are used in large scale commercial buildings for, for people, offices, schools, like that, something called an air handling unit. So how these work is they basically recirculate three quarters or more of the air, just keeps going round and round and then control the temperature uh, and the humidity. So they cool it down in the summer or heat it up in the winter. Um, and also take the moisture out so it doesn't get too humid in there. And then a small amount of air that you need to keep the fresh air and keep the environment is pulled in from the outside and added, mixed into the stream. So it's basically that's what the concept is. Um, but we will be controlling the air that's coming in. We're also kind of taking out of the building. And that means we have pretty much the entire airstream from that shed so all the gases that the animals are producing from their mouths and also the bedding as that rot so producing methane as well that will be going through our exhaust and that's the bit where we will be capturing the methane and converting it and we have many ways we can do that but the the, the challenge from an engineering point of view is maintaining the conditions in that shed um, and that takes energy so the whole idea of the system is it wants to be energy neutral. It's got to be circular. So we use the waste bedding. So this is straw bedded for straw bedded systems. Um, we take the waste bedding and put it through an AD plant. It is quite novel, the AD plant we're, we're going to be using with one of our partners because it's a small scale, what they call a micro AD unit, but it's unlike most micro AD units, it's able to take solid material. Most of them are designed around slurries. Um, so, we take the bedding, 
put it through the AD system, that produces heat and electricity uh, in an engine, something called a CHP engine. So we use the electricity to run the air handling unit. So in the summer when we need to chill it and when the winter when we need to heat it, we get heat from the engine as well. So that provides the fundamental energy for the system. We, however, the, the requirements of uh, kind of how much energy we need fluctuates depending on the outside weather, the size of the animals, um, and the time of day. So at times we'll have surplus electricity or surplus heat. So we, to make it kind of like use of that, um, we have kind of additional modules that can be bolt onto the system. One is a, is a, a system to fix nitrogen from the air and from waste streams like digestate or slurries from uh, based around it's a, a plasma reactor that kind of is based around an end to applied system and we can that uses electricity to basically produce a green fertilizer that can be used on the farm so that's one of the add-ons and then in addition we've got a vertical farm poly a natural light based system a vertical polytunnel to grow produce um and that again can take the heat especially a bit of the electricity but mostly it's taking heat when we have it available so to grow lettuces tomatoes or water strawberries whatever happens to be the cash crop at that time uh, it could be highly variable so the, the idea is it's kind of circular and we use all the energy we get the energy from the animals from the straw bedding and the, and the manures um and produce low carbon beef because we've captured the methane will produce a green fertilizer fertilizer is a very high carbon product um uh, bagged fertilizers i should point out and um low carbon produce high value so lettuces herbs that sort of thing so three kind of low carbon products out of it i think that's anything else karen am i missing the major things no i think you covered everything Fantastic. It sounds so futuristic in, the, in a way as well. It's like this whole, you know, the circular energy and reusing absolutely everything, getting every last scrap of energy. It's um, it's a real forward looking uh, project. So it, what's really interesting is how we ended up here. How how did we end up with Green Shed and, 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 and sort of bringing this forward into a bigger scale? Carol Ann, could you take us through that? Yeah, sure. So I guess this goes all the way back to 2018, 2019. So a few of us had this, if you want to call it a wacky idea, um, really on the back of a bit of paper that we could deliver this as a solution. Um, and then we were quite lucky to to get some feasibility funding from the Scottish government. And we, I think we got that back in 2020 now, and, and we were working on that throughout 2020, 2021. And that really allowed us to explore this concept in our, we have a research facility just outside of Edinburgh called Green Cow, not to be confused with Green Shed, but that allowed us to really explore the concept, really build some feasibility data to, to look at this on paper. Does this actually work? Would this really work as a solution um, for methane emissions from, from beef production? And that really allowed us to then submit into a, a competition called the Direct Air Capture Greenhouse Gas Removal Competition, which is administered through the Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. And at that stage, they give us, gave us additional funding through their phase one programme. And that allowed us to build a much bigger model in collaboration with the Strathclyde and the University of Strathclyde. And then more recently, in really in the summer, we've just started phase two. And 
we're very lucky to receive three million pounds of funding through that same program to, to essentially build a demonstrator unit on our research farm just outside of Edinburgh and, and demonstrate its its capabilities. Fantastic. And what are the benefits of Greenshed to the farmer, uh, John? I mean, there's a range of benefits um, within the project. We have, we kind of cover a lot of them, but the, the, the first one is there's, there's the pressure from the downstream supply, their, their retailers and the their, their customers for lower carbon produce. The market is demanding it. Um, so there's that pressure. So it's meeting the requirements of the supply chain. So the benefits to farmers that it is lower carbon produce. Um, there is also a financial benefit. Um, there is expected to be, and this market research kind of initial market research supports that there is a willingness to pay for low carbon produce. So as long as the kind of contracts fills back up to the to the farm, that's the one of the primary incomes. Another income is actually the polytunnel. The produce from the polytunnel is very high value. Um, amazingly, lettuces sell for a lot of money, uh, amongst other things. But uh, the good thing about the polytunnel is it can respond quickly to changes in the market because it's very short rotations. So again, it's adaptability. It's like, okay, people want rocket this month rather than lettuce. They switch the crop over and away they go. So there's those, those income streams and a reduction in bagged fertilizer. So they're producing green fertilizer. So there's, especially at the moment now with the price of bagged fertilizer. Um, so there's two in income stri incomes and then there's one savings. So Who's involved with this project? What partners are we working with? So we've actually got a reasonably large consortium of partners. I mean, it's a very varied project in terms of technology that we require. So we need a very large consortium to deliver this. And um, so obviously we have ourselves from SRUC and SEC Consulting. So we're the lead partner. Um, other academic partners include the University of Strathclyde, and they really do bring lots of expertise in building design and building modelling. We've got agri-epicenter, so these are essentially leaders in precision technology for agricultural applications, and they're delivering a lot of work with us around stakeholder engagement um, and, and essentially delivering a project management role to, to make sure that we're all on track and we're, we're going. Um, in terms of technology providers, we have no pollution industrial systems. These um, bring expertise in air handling systems and the development of novel systems. We've got Gilbreaker, and of course, John's already mentioned the need to essentially seal or semi-seal seal the building. So Gilbreaker are going to deliver that, that expertise for us. We have Organic Power Ireland, and they are um, deliver anaerobic digester systems. So this is where they're bringing along their, their modular bespoke AD plant. Um, Saturn Bioponics, these, um, these deliver vertical farming systems, so hydroponics growing systems. So they will... Um, essentially build and maintain the vertical farm for the purpose of the project and we also have N2 Applied who will bring in their, their plasma reactor system to essentially build that build in that green fertilizer production into the whole circular production system. We're also going to be engaging with some key retailers throughout the program of work really to make sure that, that what we're delivering works across that supply chain. Fantastic and where is the Greenshed project based, Caroline? So um, 
We're based just on one of our research farms just outside of Edinburgh, so reasonably central in terms of Scotland. And we've got plenty of room there, haven't we, to uh, um, expand this project and to um, make, a, make, a, make, make a larger scale version of it. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, essentially what we're delivering in this project is a demonstrator unit, basically demonstrating the capabilities of Greenshed. What's good about where it's being built is it's integrating onto a wider research farm where we've already got a lot of skills and skilled technical staff, really, to help deliver this and make this successful. Great. And I suppose one of the questions a lot of listeners will have is, how is this project being funded? How are we pulling together the necessary funds to move it forward? Um, I think I already mentioned this, actually. It's being um, funded out of the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategies Net Zero Innovation Programme. And they've invested significant amounts of money in um, projects which look to essentially reduce carbon. Um, I think the the total funding that they've dedicated to this is 70 million. So it's a big chunk of work. And going into 2023, what are the next steps for the Green Shed project? So uh, to give you a feel for timescales, the the project started just um, in summer this year. So we're really at the very, very early stages. It's a a three-year project. Um, so we're planning to get going with the build pretty pretty soon after Christmas, I would hope. Um, we're going to build this in two phases. So the first phase will be getting the shed built with the, the sealing mechanism, the air handling system, but also the anaerobic digester. And the aim is to really get that, that up before summer next year. And then whilst we're beginning to test the system, we're going to start building in those add-on units. So that will be the vertical farm and also the, the plasma reactor. And I'd hope that they were up really by the end of year next year. So it'll be quite a busy year for us. And John, do you have anything to add to that? No, no, that's that's absolutely the timelines that Caroline's got to keep me to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's been a really fascinating insight and thank you both for making the time to come along today and talk about Greenshed and what we'll be doing if you tune into the SRUC podcast regularly in 2023 we'll be uploading another episode about Greenshed and talking about another aspect of the project with one of our partners so please do return to the podcast if you want to learn more about the project and how it's going uh, thank you very much for listening and thank you Caroline and thank you John for again for your time today you're welcome. Thank you.